Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Special hot sauce of the AT&T Byron Nelson. We make 32 Kraft Pepper sauces that are thicker, hotter, and better. Find them in a grocery store near you at Melinda's.com. That's M-E-L-I-N-D-A-S.com. Melinda's.com. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. To the Gene Otto and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. Over in the main studios, the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNOTO. Mark, good day, sir. Jeffrey, I hate that today's show will ultimately be remembered as the uh, end of the Grizzly season show, if you will. Yeah, the post-mortem show. But is there not a show on the calendar, if you will, that's better suited for an overreaction Monday than the post-mortem end of season show, if you will? I I mean, any football game in general. Um, (laughs) No, but like the end of a season is like, you know, that's... You know, that is like, you know, they're asking you to overreact. Mm-hmm. That's what we should, that's what, that's, that's what you're meant to do. Especially when it doesn't end in a championship. And n- literally, no team I have ever covered or rooted for. I don't think as a, as a, like a cognizant sports fan, like I, the, 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 I guess, I guess the Capitals and Nationals sort of count. They're like, they were like my, but like not, like to me, my teams are like, you know, the commanders, Michigan sports, then the teams I cover, like the Grizzlies and the Tigers. None of those teams have ever won a championship while I've been like closely following them. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, it's this feeling, it sucks, but like everyone feels it. You know, it's like, that's why it's what makes sports so relatable for everyone is by and large, you know, 99% of sports fans each year end their year disappointed and ready to overreact 
to what what went wrong. Oh, and I even think it's probably higher than 99%, right? You think? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lucky few each year yeah. who get to who get to who get to celebrate it, you get to be on that championship parade in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, sports is not like I mean, even think about like in the peak of like the Patriots run. I mean, what? I think they got 7 in was it 18 years? Now, I will say when you're winning them, those years when you don't win them in between, like if if you're only going a year or two between championships, like that, you know, those year or two between doesn't hurt that. Much. No, but remember they had that they had that weird run where the Giants got them twice, mm-hmm. and you know, then it looks like they're going to lose to Seattle on like a similar play to like the helmet catch, and then you know the Seahawks go brain dead and don't hand it to Marshawn Lynch. But yeah, like there there is like a there's even when you've tasted it and then it's taken away from you for a little bit, like it makes you even hungrier. Well, we're going to. And then you get like the Alabama syndrome where you just assume yeah. like, championships are given. Well, we are not at that point with the Grizzlies. Uh, a lot to digest coming off of uh, that dud of a game six and then exit interview day yesterday and uh, this looming off season, what feels like the most important offseason yet of the John Morant era, if you will, or whatever you want to call it now. The big three, you know, they've kind of anointed the cornerstones, I think is the word uh, uh, Zach Kleiman has used to describe uh, Desmond Bain and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant. But uh, we're going di- to we're gonna dive in and overreact to everything that happened over the weekend with the Grizzlies here to start things off. 240 or so, Jason Munns will join us. We will get into uh, some Tiger basketball with him. They hired Rick Stansberry officially over the weekend. Um, and uh, I believe they had a visitor on campus from the transfer portal. So uh, we'll get you up to date on Penny Hardaway's uh, roster situation with Jason Munns at 240 or so. 3 o'clock, we will get into the list. The NFL draft wrapped up this weekend. Uh, some interesting... Uh, Takeaways, if you will, Jeffrey. We we uh, should we grade the grades. We can always grade the grades. Uh, we, we might have to grade some grades as well uh, when we talk NFL draft in the list. And then three thirty. You know, it is the end of the Grizzly season, and you know, it's the end of the the major sports calendar in the city of Memphis, right? When you say like Tiger football, Tiger basketball, Grizzlies are kind of the three big biggest sports here in town. Right? Yes. Um, and yes, we have the golf tournament. We've got the showboats. We've got the Redbirds. We've got 901 FC. But um, we're going to debate. What do we do now? Well, yeah. What do we do? Maybe, uh, it is, a, maybe it is investing in 901 FC or the Redbirds or the showboats. But we're going to try and we're going to try and figure out what do we do now? Now that Grizzly season is I open. imagine it was a conversation that was had in many households. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have it on air uh, next hour. So lots and lots to get to. But Jeffrey, let's overreact. Yeah, you've they, come to the right place. The, the Grizzlies suffered the worst playoff loss in franchise history, 125-85, in front of a slew of celebrities. That was the celebrity game. You know, yes, like, that was. Like, it was, it no was quite amazing how many celebrities were there, including a rare Jack. The, when when word got into the media room, like, I was in there when Ramon, literally Ramona Shelburne comes bursting in to the media room, and I was happened. I happened to be talking to Tim McMahon, and she's just like literally like taken aback. She goes, "Jack's here!" Like it was like that big of a deal 
in in the building because he's there so rarely now. And I was like, oh man, this is like I was like, this is what I've been this is what I've been waiting for a game like this. Um, and yeah, in hindsight, that probably should have been a pretty good yes. sign that. Yes. Don't get too wrapped up in that. This. Was yes, that was uh, you know, and she, when she told this amazing story, she said when he walked in, she happened to be talking to T. Morant, and then that's how you know the photo yep. that went around. T. Morant like just literally like walked, just went walked, had five minute conversation with Jack Nicholson, never met him before, just was like, oh, he's here, and then just walked right to him and started talking. I can't decide if I'm just good for him. I think I'm insanely jealous of guys that can do that. Yeah, because I don't have an ounce of that in me. Yeah. Yeah, but I was no, I was like impressed when I heard the story. But um, nonetheless, the Grizzlies could not live up to that moment. Uh, they were overwhelmed by it, um, and um, there's a lot of debris, if you will, to sift through from the aftermath of that. Um, and it felt like yesterday at exit interviews, the way this season ended, and by ended, I mean I think frankly, from like March third on. Honestly, like when I think of how this season ended, like doesn't the ending to you really start that morning when John Morant, you know, we got wind of John Morant flashing the gun on Instagram? I think that was the moment that you had to acknowledge this is not going well. Like you could kind of lie to yourself for a little bit before that, but that was the moment then you realize like what the hell is going on here? But then it truly ends with an absolute thud and literally less than 48 hours later, the people running the show, Zach Kleiman and Taylor Jenkins, are saying basically we have to change. Like, we have a problem. Like, that's right? Wasn't that your takeaway from yesterday? Um, I don't know if necessarily like, oh, well, we have a problem. I think what there was an acknowledgement of yesterday was the approach this, the year, approach did not this work. year did not work. Yes. And we, we have to change that. At all levels. So, I'll let you start, Jeffrey, with you give the first overreaction. I've got a lot. So if you okay. want to, if you want to, all right. Well, here, let me start with this. Let's start here because it, it goes to Friday night. All right. I don't think enough's being made about how awful that game six performance was. Like the way that, like compared to the way the Kings went out yesterday. Yeah. Like the Kings went out. Like they, yeah, they lost handily to the Golden State Warriors. Like they lost. You know, there was no doubt the Warriors won that game. But like it took Steph Curry scoring fifty points. They were in it you know, late in the third, and it felt like, you know what? If you had told me before the game, like in the fourth quarter, the team, you know, in the late in the third and in the fourth quarter, the team the champ- team with championship pedigree made all the big plays and pulled away. Like, that result makes sense. The stampeding that Memphis took, like, that didn't really make a lot of sense to me ultimately given what I thought I knew about this team. Like, I, I thought they might get... You know, I could have seen a scenario where in the fourth quarter, yeah, the like Lakers they, pulled away. Right. They haven't been a good fourth quarter team all year. But, like, that game was over in a quarter and a half. No, I mean, it felt more similar to game three than any other game in the rest of the series. And even game three was more com- – they were more competitive than that in game three. Mm, I think it was just – it was closer early. I don't. I mean, I guess they they pulled within ten in the fourth quarter or whatever. Like there was, there were moments thirty five to nine. No, I know, but it was. This was a forty point loss in like with your season on the line hanging in the balance. I I just was stunned at how terrible. And I think it was just. I mean, frankly, it was just a. 
uh, I don't know. I think they need to reconcile. I, I did. I sensed after the game, they were like stunned. Like I think, like for instance, Ja has been taking some heat for like laughing on the bench, and you know, there's that video of him, you know, walking away from Staples Center, and the fans are saying na 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 na, hey, hey, hey mm-hmm. goodbye, and he's like laughing along. I didn't, I didn't like crush him for it because frankly, I felt being there, it was like a defense mechanism for him. Sure. Like, I think he was embarrassed and they should be. And, um, but I think there needs to be some real introspection, not just on how the season went. Like, what happened in that game, um, in a big pressure moment was like shocking for that, you know, like to lose by 40 like that, that was, that's something they need to come to grips with in terms of what happened there. Like, and I don't think they have yet. And maybe, you know, and like, I didn't necessarily expect them to, cause I think they were just as stunned too, but I don't think enough's being made of like, like we, everyone just kind of wanted to move on. And I understand it because it was so ugly, but like there needs to be a hard look at like, why with the game, with the season hanging in the balance, was it so ugly like that? Like there's something off with like, I don't know. The there's something off there that needs to be further examined. Well, I think there's a few things at play. Number one, the super late start mm-hmm. definitely definitely played a part. There's no question the social media interaction engagement was down during the game. I'm talking even early in the game before it was even decided. But I also think there's it's like it's there's an element of the scene in succession when spoiler alert when. Uh, Kieran Culkin's watching on his phone the rocket ship and it mm-hmm. blows up and you just kind of like, you know, so, ooh, ooh, turns it yeah. off. Like I think there, I think there's no, and there a was human a- instinct like that. Yeah, but I also think the biggest thing is, and it's kind of my overreaction. I got a sense of like, I'm glad the season ended the way that it did. Mm. If it wasn't going to end in success, you'd Correct. rather you'd rather see it totally blow up like this. Because I think there's a few things that it's okay to admit. First and foremost, it's okay to admit that this season wasn't that fun. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that the season was some type of spectacular failure, that there weren't great moments. But I think it's okay to acknowledge as a fan, this wasn't particularly a fun ride. Feels like especially from like, again, I kind of, that March demarcation really. I see. I, maybe I it's think like it, January. I think it starts on the we're fine in the West. Yeah. Because it's really, it's really, it peaked. That Milwaukee game, they win by 40. The players are doing the wave on the bench. Remember that? That was like, yep. uh, that was probably the high point of the season. And then literally, I think he did the interview, even though it didn't appear it didn't a air, few more right. days later. He did the interview right after, like a couple days, a day or two after that game when they left for that road trip. I believe they played Denver first. And I think a big part of like the we're fine in the West, like everyone can understand locally, like, all right, he kind of got baited into saying it. Yeah. I do also think it's okay to acknowledge he said it. Yeah. <laughs> like it was said. Mm-hmm. No, and, and, and then to you Jaws spit, like, credit that- Friday night, he, yeah, I thought he gave that was the bet, that was a good answer he gave when Tim McMahon was trying to bait him again. Into into saying something else about the I'm fine in the West and doubling down, and him kind of saying like, "Listen, I said it. I'll deal with it." Yeah, you know, like I thought that was that was a good answer by him. That kind of it kind of tamped down whatever extra flame there was that they were you were going to get from that. I think the fan base was forced, much like I think 
maybe some teammates were kind of forced. At that point, at that point, no matter what, like Ja says, like you're just you're part of it. Like you're along for the ride. And then you spent basically the rest of the year arguing with people online about the Grizzlies. And I think that that was kind of an uncomfortable spot for a lot of people because somehow it's been morphed into this is a town that like does nothing but talk. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's not really the case. Mm-hmm. But like you were just kind of, you were brought along for the ride and you just had to be a part of it. Well, and yesterday, you know, I have a column up at commercialpeel.com. I, I deemed yesterday in, in, if Kleiman and Jenkins have their way, this will be the end of the I'm fine in the West and I poke bears era of Grizzlies basketball. Like, to me, I to me that where I think the Grizzlies like I think there's a fine there is a fine line here. Like you don't want them to lose kind of what made them who they are as a team, but you also have to acknowledge that it went too far. Yeah, like, I don't even think it's that fine of a line. I think it's pretty just keep it on the court. Exactly. Like, talk, talk ass on the court. Like when you get behind the microphone, as much as great as it as it is for a content creator like myself, like you know. Like, let's just, not, like, keep it on the court, ultimately. There's no need to, like, talk your ass on, behind the microphone. Yeah, I, I don't even think, everyone's acting like there's a fine line. It's like, if you want to talk trash on the floor, by all means, have at it. It just seems pretty obvious. Like, I don't know, before a playoff series, don't talk about knocking LeBron out in seven games. Like, what a resume thing that would be for you. And then maybe don't call LeBron James old. Like, I, I don't know. That seems... Well, and that's one person. And I do wonder... And I put this in my column, like, maybe this is just as simple as subtracting the most outlandish of the trash talkers. And that's Dylan Brooks, very clearly. I mean, yeah, but, like, on the flip side, like, we don't duck no smoke. We run up the chimney. It's like, yeah. you know I, what I, mean? I, I will say, you know, Ja hasn't really said anything since he got back from the suspension. No, I agree with that. And I take him at his word that, like, he's being very conscious about that, Um moving forward, you know, and um, ultimately, like, you know, like, I think Bane's, Bane comes, for whatever reason, him his comes off better. Does that make sense? Like, you know, he did get, We'll like, see you back here for Yeah, we'll see seven. you back, but it, like, it, it was like, that was like, it wasn't putting down someone else. It was, it was like pumping up his own team, so it comes up better, comes off better. Yeah, you know? I think there's... I guess you want to say, like, if you're going to do, like, whatever, media availability talking, it seems to be, like, just don't single anyone out. Because, like, yeah. you know, I think I think Malik Monk said something along the lines of, like, I mean, he kind of did the Dylan Brooks, like, hey, man, we got to get him in transition. Like, we're, we're younger than they are. Like, and, mm-hmm. and you know, we're, we're excited to get him back in the building in game seven. Mm-hmm. It seems to just be, it seems to just be when it's targeted. That seems yeah. to, and I also think that there's, you know, when you call it LeBron, mm-hmm. like it's just going to be the ultimate yeah. of engagement because you get like LeBron haters that are going to be like, go Dylan, go. Then you get the LeBron stands and well, then and with t- the Lakers, like it just becomes a talking point. And to your point of, I'm glad the season ended the way it did. I mean, the way this season ended, doesn't it feel like it left very little doubt about the future of Dylan Brooks? Like ultimately in that We've said, you know, like, we have been a show where we've talked about it, like, be careful what you wish for in terms of, like, this was our stance last offseason of, are you really going to find someone better than him? 
And I stand by sort of our stance back then of I'm not sure you can find someone better than him. And frankly, it feels like with what's happened to Kleiman on the trade market, he is in he has encountered the same sort of dilemma, if you will. But I don't think there's any doubt now that you have to move on from him. And I think I think it was there was no doubt about it, frankly, in my mind before yesterday's exit interviews. But I think those exit interviews made it clear that a that a divorce is coming in the sense of like they're going to move on from each other here because you had Kleiman not really willing to speak about him until I, you know, sort of was like, why aren't you speaking about him? And then when he did, it was almost like he was given his eulogy, you know, his like Grizzlies eulogy, like how much great stuff he's done for the franchise for, yeah, over the years. It sounded like when, when the Packers GM was at that high school game talking about Aaron Rodgers in the past tense. Yeah. Like, um, and Dylan made it clear like it sounds like to me one he wouldn't like he wouldn't back down from his LeBron comments which again generated more more another round of media coverage of that whole thing and then he starts basically saying like he's un, he was unhappy with his role this year and he felt like he needed more plays called for him he, like basically there's a total disconnect he was asking for some plays to get him in rhythm. Like, you, hey, it's basically it's like the reason I couldn't get in a shooting rhythm is because they weren't running offense for me. Yeah, and like you had so you think ha- that is, Dylan. So, by the way, as he was giving an answer that that was acknowledging they were just letting me shoot. Yeah. No, there's like, well, you don't really have to run offense. Like, how are you gonna get better looks than that? No, you had see so you had Kleiman and Jenkins talking about these self-created distractions and how they hurt the team in the playoffs and the season. And you <laughs> you have Dylan talking about how like he doesn't regret anything, and oh by the way, you know I want uh, a bigger role. And you've got Jenkins and Kleiman basically putting it out there front and center. Our leaders are these three guys: Ja, Desmond, and Jaron. And that's what that's what we're doing. Oh, and when I asked, you know, when I asked Taylor, I said I asked him directly yesterday. I go, "Do you think you need more veterans in the locker room?" And Taylor kind of like. It, he didn't say no, or he didn't say yes. He didn't say yes or no, but it sure seemed like he was leaning towards no in that he thinks, and the people he mentioned as leaders were the three, if you will, Ja, Bain, and Jaron. And then he also brought up you know, the voices of Steven Adams and Tyus Jones. No mention of the longest tenured player on the team. You know, in the I mean, it's just so obvious. And frankly, it is the... It is their last, I don't know if last, but it is the most meaningful move that they can make right now to improve the team, is to improve that spot. And it's the most straightforward. Um, Can you, whether it's through sign and trade or just a regular trade, can you you get someone for that spot Dylan is vacating? Because that, that, that seemed to me to be another takeaway from this is that, and I think it goes to, you know, my this is a joint, if you will, overreaction. I I think the person with the most pressure on them moving forward is Zach Kleiman. Um, and frankly, it's like the first real pressure he's felt as GM because frankly, it is his job to pull off the trade that he couldn't pull off at the deadline this offseason. That's yeah. what he has to do. I mean, there's there's a few things. Number one, because they don't have they're not going to be able to go out in free agency and sign someone. They might be able to sign and trade, do something like that, but going straight free agency. They can only really use the mid-level exception with the contracts they have on the books right now. Yeah, going uh, on Saturday, 
you could have still told me there was a scenario in which they struck out enough that the best option would be re-signing Dylan on the on the mid-level exception and that there was there was a path. I didn't think that it was a likely path, but there was a path. Yesterday's comments from Dylan, like that amount of disconnect, like the space. You got to move on. Like I, that to me just solidified, okay, the Dylan Brooks era is over. But as it pertains to Kleiman, and I completely agree, like I think this is the first real offseason that he has pressure on him. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's, it's, it's pressure in a lot of different ways. Number one, you and I have talked about this. The trade seems like the be- like the that's the most likely way that you're going mm-hmm. to improve that spot. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows you need to make a trade. I know. No, that is that is he it is there is some pressure on him because everyone knows you need to make a trade. And let's just be honest, like if you're not going to touch your 3, you don't have that attractive assets. Like ultimately You've got these young players, but you'd be selling a little low on all of them, right? Wouldn't it feel that way, whether it's Zaire or LaRavia or Roddy or Tillman? Even? Well, maybe Tillman's the one you might be able to sell high on if you were to trade him. But those guys don't, you know, like, and then you have these draft picks, including the Golden State one, that, you know, they're low first-round draft picks ultimately because you're, you're good and the Warriors – I think the input, you know, you obviously would do that Iguodala trade, you know, seven days out of seven. But the thought when you made it was by 2024, the Warriors would be on like, you know, a real downslide and that could be, be a, potentially be a decent pick. It's looking more and more like, you know, even next year, you know, that's going to be a low first round pick ultimately because of, you know, the Steph Curry staying power, frankly. Um, but nonetheless, um, they're going to have to do what they couldn't do, you know. And yeah, they're, they're, their assets are right now, according to Bobby Marks, they have their first round picks this year and next year, mm-hmm. and then the Golden State pick, mm-hmm. top four protected in twenty four, mm-hmm. top one protected in twenty five, unprotected in twenty six. Mm-hmm. The Grizzlies have four future second round picks available. Although I don't even know what the value of that is anymore. When we saw when we got to. I mean, Canard took Canard, yeah. a guy who wasn't even playing for the Clippers. You, three second round picks. Well, we got saw him. like you, Jay Crowder got traded for five seconds. Yeah. Um. So, but you know he's gonna. You know they got to find someone though. You know, like ultimately, it'll be interesting to see what they do here because this feels like to me, with you're gonna have John a Max deal. You're gonna have. Next year's going to be your last year with Desmond Bain on his rookie deal. And then his extension, which will be, you know, frankly, if Tyler Hero is getting $130 million, like, that's where the conversation's starting with Desmond Bain, right? Oh, and I think it's going to be higher than that. I mean, you could tell me he's going to be a max guy. I think if you're the Grizzlies, you got to hope that's not the case. Hopefully you can get him a little cheaper than that. Like, that's a lot of money, to, you know, to be paying two max. If you have to pay both of them max money, it might mean down the line when Jaron's extension wraps up, you're going to have some issues. No, and to me, like, this is kind of the whole, this is the conundrum that they find themselves in. Mm -hmm. We can sit there and go, well, this was a failure in building the roster and whatnot. 
I think it's very obvious that this team has a couple of key needs. And I know everyone's going to like do big names and whatnot. Mm-mm. But to me, there are a couple of key things that they need desperately. Number one, no duh, shooting. Yeah. Like if you're going to have Ja on the floor, you have to Well, you need it you need a true you need a true three and D guy. Dylan was a D guy, ultimately. Like when it when push came to shove the last two seasons, Dylan was not a you know, you couldn't count on him to hit threes. So he was a D guy. You need an actual three and D guy. Yeah, I'm also on the in that specific spot too. A guy like there's, I, I guess the my my bigger pushback on that is that's the ultimate easier said than done. No, I know, but you you like ultimately like the skill set you need is you need someone who can defend on the perimeter because yeah you need to cover. I mean, up you need for a ja. switchable defender. Yes, with and one. you need someone who can you know hit an open jump shot. Like I, I know you say it's easier said than done, but that's what it comes down to. Like a guy who in a big spot when Ja gets into the lane and kicks it out and it swings around. And hit that open jump shot. And to me, one of the bigger things that this team needs, everyone keeps focusing on vets, vets, vets. And by all means, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know what this team needs? Mm-hmm. Some freaking toughness. Mm. My overreaction is this is the softest Grizzlies team I can remember. Would you be saying that if Adams was playing, though? Because Adams is a tough dude. Adams is a tough dude. But on top of that, like, he's in the – like. It feels like he's more isolated. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like when this, when the going got tough with this team, mm-hmm. they didn't really fight back this entire year. Like they just this no, team the, needs the, the the front the, the front runners moniker isn't perfect, but it's better. Like like it's closer to true than being a, a complete fallacy. Yeah, and I understand all the reasoning that went into it. You let Kyle Anderson walk. Hey, Kyle's a pretty tough guy. Like, Melton, you trade him. He was a tough guy. And behind the scenes, like, he had some other value. And this team just kind of moped along. And, like, when the going was good, they were good. But this team just needs to add some fight within them. And Mm -hmm. to me, like, that's something else that I would value. Yeah. No, it's going to be – I mean – I don't think you're going to see some ma- – well, I don't. T- I take that back. But it's interesting that they're going into the offseason with 14 of their 15 roster spots spoken for technically, contractually. Yeah. Um, because the only way you're going to, you know, sort of add what – you know, like it'll be interesting to see what this potential trade looks like and how many pieces turn over because of it if it happens. Right. I mean, yeah, the question, though, is, like, how do you make it work? Like, in the end, well, Zach, pro- Zach kind of referenced it yesterday. Like, well, we tried to make the move at the deadline. Mm-hmm. and Well, I would just say this. At, this. at a certain point, like, it's on you to make the deal. Like, you're, you know, ultimately, I don't know if this is the last chance to make a move, but, like, this is a great chance given the situation where – Right, you have a, a very obvious spot you can put a meaningful player okay, in. Okay, but I think this is the bigger question. There is a deal to be made, mm-hmm. but that's probably going to include getting rid of one of your three cornerstones. The question wow. that has not been answered to me is, can they make a deal without including them? I would that, that, that is, to me, they have to. 
Like I, it's but to me, I, it's not I like can sense, or won't they? Like, I get, I get the sense they tried to do that at the deadline. I think they basically put everything on the table with the exception of Ja, Jaron, and Dez. Mm-hmm. Now, there's an argument that at the it's deadline, easier in the offseason. Correct. There's going to be more. Like the Nets, very clearly have too many players at the position that the Grizzlies need, for instance. Right. And now the question is, like, to me, obviously Mikhail Bridges is the ideal thing. I think you can, like, uh, obviously the Grizzlies should call again about him, but I highly doubt he is going to be available for them without putting one of the three in the deal. Yes, that seems unlikely. But, like, I think a lot of people have talked about, like, for instance, like a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith wouldn't, like, move the needle necessarily – but, like, that's a guy who fits. But are, I don't know. Are the Nets willing to trade him? Or are they saying, eh, we'd rather trade Cam Johnson, um, who doesn't necessarily, like, would fit also, but, you know, isn't giving you the defensive side that you necessarily want from the position. You know, like, It also feels like if you make a deal for Cam Johnson, like, you're just making a deal to make a deal. Yeah, so it's it's that's why there's a lot of pressure on climbing though. Like he's like ultimately it's on the GM. Like I don't really want to. Like ultimately when push comes to shove, a year or two from now, I'm not going to care that no one was willing to make a deal. What I'm going to care about is like the team didn't fulfill its potential because they weren't able to, you know, get this spot right, if you will, or get the supporting cast right around Ja Dez and Jaron and may, you know like ultimately it could be a situation. Where if you can't execute that trade, you're like almost doing like a holdover and hoping one of these young guys give you know kind of buy yourself some more time with one of these young guys. Um, yeah, I don't know. This kind of all brings me to to another overreaction that I've that I've that I've got from Friday. If John Morant's going to leave, it's not going to be because of some type of media scrutiny, some type of you know outside pressure. Oklahoma City did not run Kevin Durant out of the ta- out of town. If anything, they probably put way too much blame at the time on Westbrook in order to like shield mm-hmm. Durant. The New Orleans media did not run Anthony Davis out of town. Like in the end what it's all going to boil down to is when these guys leave, it's they look at the roster around them and it's can you win? Mm-hmm. And that to me becomes the biggest question. So like I, I just think everyone's got to stop with the whole Anything that is said is going to run someone out of town. Like, I've just never seen it. Like, that's just like an overdone, that's like an overdone ad hominem attack to just be like, I just want you to stop talking. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, that you didn't discuss. Like, Mm -hmm. and to me, that's kind of something that needs to just go away. Yeah. Well, and, you know, like they, you know, I don't know. They deserve some scrutiny and criticism for how this season played out. That's, in that's the, just in the, reality. the end, that's also kind of big picture why I was glad the way that it ended. I I had a legitimate fear that if they could get out of that Lakers series, it allows you to kind of keep lying to yourself. This team had clear flaws the entire year, mm-hmm. even before the injury mm-hmm. injuries took place. This team had very clear flaws. They really struggled in the half court. Mm-hmm. They really struggled in fourth quarters. Mm-hmm. And they had a whether you want to call it front-running, whether you want to call it, like, lack of toughness. Like, when the going got tough, like, they were not and a tough you can team. include that in that umbrella, like, they stunk on the road. Yes, that's what I'm <laughs> that saying. That like, part of it. And, you know, if you want to – I know there's been a lot of people that want to include Taylor Jenkins in this. Well, 
in the end, either his message wasn't received or he wasn't delivering the right message. And so go ahead, lump, lump it all in there. Mm-hmm. But to me, the biggest reason why I'm glad that it ended the way that it does, I don't think you can lie to yourself anymore. Mm-hmm. I think you now are fully aware, okay, if we don't, if we don't take a drastically different approach, mm-hmm. this is just going to keep happening. But I don't think there's going to be a – my gut tells me it's not going to be some drastic change in personnel. There will be a new starter at small forward, if you will. But do you think there's going to be a huge roster turnover other than that? I don't know because you could also tell me the only only starting lineup change that they make is Kennard moves into Dez's position – or not Dez, into Dylan's position, and then you bring back Adams – and you can't you you sign some mid level guy sure as you and you because you couldn't pull off a trade correct and again how maybe, would you feel going into next season you think if that was the case I know there'd be some fans who'd be kind of well they also have I mean what are they going to do if they have fourteen of fifteen spots accounted for like they also have two picks in this draft if they don't make a trade like. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, like acquiring, like they're gonna have to try to spend. The problem, though, that we've seen is when they've tried to cash in the assets, it doesn't work. And so, I don't know. I keep finding like they don't some... really need another pick in the twenties on their roster. They need to make a trade. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could make the only argument you could say in the twenties, like if they find someone that can truly just let it rip. Like if you find a Desmond Bain, but I, I just think that we've seen that. That's just I'd rather take my chances on a proven guy at this point. Yeah, with where this team's at, um, and you know, to his credit. Without even being asked about it directly, Zach Kleiman, you know, put out the rhetorical question of should we have really tripled down on youth before the season? And the implication being no. He, even he knows. Um, what they did off last offseason was ineffective. I mean, that's just the truth. They had an ineffective year as a front office. But, I mean, like, you know, I, I keep wondering, though, if we go back. Doesn't mean they're a bad front office, by the way. Does this means all they had start, a bad, though? they had an ineffective year. Does this all start with... The decision to try like trade up for Zaire and the fact that Zaire has not become. Oh, like, I think that was. I mean, that's a because big in fairness un- to them, when you go down, like people can point out Trey Murphy, but if you go back and you look at like who was taken after Zaire, there's not like a oh my god. And at the time, Trey Murphy or Walker was, Kessler. Yeah, but I'm talking about. Oh, I guess at, that's that. That's this past year. Never yeah, mind. I'm talking about it. Yeah, the the Zaire draft. It's Trey Murphy. Yeah. He's but, the, uh, but also, like, it wasn't thought of Trey Murphy at 10. Like, remember, Trey Murphy was, when they were picking it, like... He was, though, a guy who was mentioned. He was mentioned, but it was more mentioned, like, when they, when were, they were... at 17 yeah. or whatever, yeah. But, no, I think I think that was obviously... They were expecting Zaire to be a weapon off the bench. And he was not playing at the end of the year, ultimately. Barely, you know? No, and, like, his really, season never got, like, much... He like was his, awful. His season never got When he track. played, he was awful, and... He was either injured or completely out of the rotation the rest of the year. And the Conchar move did not work? Conchar move didn't work. LaRavia didn't give you anything. Um, you know, um, we can keep going. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the, the reality is I hope moving forward, spots 11 through 15 on the roster are not used totally as developmental spots. Like, that's ultimately what happened this year. They, like... Yeah. Whether it was with you had Laravia, Kennedy Chandler, yep, um, Lofton. I mean, they well, mentioned he was a, at least yeah. he was a two way. Yeah, um, but 
you had too many guys, Zaire, you know, too many guys on the back end of your roster that when you did run into some injuries, you had nowhere to turn. And I, you know, I question even at the end of the year signing Lofton. Like, why couldn't you have waited to do that till the offseason? Sign him, like, right after the season. I, mean, I think isn't the argument if you let it go to that point, he could be up for grabs? He was would have been a restricted free agent. I guess you would have had to maybe pay more if someone went after him. But I don't. I suspected no. I suspected they were almost in a way bidding against themselves in that situation. But I just assumed they were planning to use him in the playoffs. Like you know, even that is a was a questionable move in my mind. Like wait to sign Loft until the off season and go get someone who could have helped you in this playoff series. Go get a big. Um, but you know they, you know they're very careful about. You know, you could even hear it in Jenkins' answer about the veterans. Like, they're careful about, you know, who they want to bring in. And so uh, that's what makes this all so fascinating over the next few months. Who are they going to bring in? Because they clearly need to shake something up a little bit. Not totally, you know. It's not, not blow it up. Not blow like- it up or anything, but there needs to be some changes, both in demeanor, mentality, and, frankly, you know, personnel a little bit. So, uh, a fascinating offseason awaits. We'll we'll be talking about it plenty over the next the coming weeks and months. But we're going to turn our attention to some Tiger basketball next. Jason Munz will join us. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM ESPN. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, sports fans. This is Jay Gaddis from James Gaddis Jewelers. Mother's Day is almost here, and what better way to celebrate mom than showering her with beautiful jewelry she deserves from James Gaddis Jewelers. Diamonds and pearls, gold and silver. We have a stunning selection of fashion jewelry from designers like Tracy Arrington, Michou, and Ronaldo bracelets to fit any budget and any occasion. Show mom how special she is this year with precious jewelry she will enjoy forever. Located at 4900 Poplar Avenue in East Memphis, James Gaddis Jewelers, your family jeweler. 
weather. You've got a leaky flat or metal roof on your commercial building and they're saying you need a new roof? No, no, no. Just call Joe. Joe Stallmaker, that is. 901 Waterproofing and Roof Coatings. They can restore your existing roof with a quality coating system and can save you up to 70%. The roof coating systems extend the life of your roof and come with a 5 to 15 year leak-free warranty so you get the benefits of a new roof without the huge expense. So call Joe Stallmaker today, 901-287-1923 or visit 901waterproofing.com. Hi guys, it's Mark. Are you struggling with erectile dysfunction? Did you know that a major medical breakthrough is now available and it isn't a pill? Today, Monday, we're running a one-day special you won't want to miss out on. River Ridge Medical Clinic uses the most powerful form of wave therapy. This is a technology clinically shown to repair blood vessels and improve blood flow. It's backed by 60 clinical studies, including from Cambridge. If you're ready to regain that spark in the bedroom, today is your day. Call us now and you'll qualify for the assessment and ultrasound totally free. You'll also get a gift that can produce rapid and powerful results in the bedroom in minutes. You're going to love that one, guys. Trust me. And today only, we're offering five tune-up treatments to our patients free. This is an unprecedented offer worth hundreds of dollars, but call today and qualify totally free. Call 901-672-2000. That's 901-672-2000. Guys, put a stop to your erectile dysfunction and get your life back. Call River Ridge Medical Clinic now to qualify. This offer ends today, 901-672-2000. What tastes better than Zaxby's hand-breaded chicken fingers dipped, dunked, and drizzled in our legendary Zax sauce? Free Zaxby's hand-breaded chicken fingers dipped, dunked, and drizzled in our legendary Zax sauce. So if you want to get your fingers on those free fingers, then grab your phone, download the Zaxby's app, and enjoy a free Big Zax snack meal on us. It comes with our famous fingers, Zax sauce, crinkle fries, Texas toast, and wait for it, a drink. Woo, saucy! Zaxby's. As Tennesseans, we all see and appreciate the abundant wildlife around us and the great fishing opportunities we have across our state, thanks to your Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. I'm Don King, reminding you that none of this would have been possible without the support of hunters and anglers who have purchased licenses and paid the bills over the years. Don't forget to purchase your license this year. It's a great investment in Tennessee's wildlife future. Recent weather taking a toll on your roof? A-Team Roofing has you covered, literally, with their 24-hour tarp service to stop further damage. I pity the fool that doesn't check out our online reviews. A-TeamRoofers.com. This afternoon, breezy with times of clouds and sun, high of 68. Weather brought to you by Staples. Staples stores are a new world of possible with innovative tools for small business and remote workers and learners. Explore more at your local Staples store or staplesconnect.com. Finding great people to hire can be like trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Their powerful matching technology delivers so many qualified candidates. It's like finding a needle in a needle stack. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. For less hay and more needles, head to ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. At ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Leroy, 71's backed up. What's your 20? Over. Olivia needs more drivers for her trucking company to go the extra mile. Three more stops to make. She wants to hitch a team to drive business forward. Lots of double nickels on the 169. You know what I'm over? This driver shortage. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
Whether you own a local business or a global one, you're always looking for ways to position your operation to create opportunities and move on them faster. With Bank of America, you get access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter, locally and globally. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Copyright 2023, Bank of America, N.A. I used to get frequent heartburn at night, so I made Prilosec OTC part of my morning routine. One pill in the morning, 24 hours, zero heartburn with Prilosec OTC. It's possible while taking Prilosec OTC. Use as directed for 14 days to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code WRIGHT, W-R-I-G-H-T, and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sports books. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. New customer offer. Operations are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued as now withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. Jason Munns is the Tiger basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. Kind enough to join us each and every Monday. Munns, what are we listening to? This is Cry Baby by Cage the Elephant. Got free. Munns Munns loves generic 2000s rock bands. It's unbelievable. If it was on an iPad and no or an iPod and no five, yeah, like Cage the Elephant, really. What What are you talking about? This song came out in 2015. This band okay. is is a Grammy winning. Uh, what <laughs> generic? You're killing me, Mark. You're it's like me. not bad. I'm not saying it's bad. It just feels like it should be on a beer commercial. <laughs> You could have told me you could have told me that was the black keys, and I was like, all right, sure. Like it just sounds like very generic, you know? Oh, that's just that's something. That's something else. Never ceased to amaze me. Um (laughs) Well, Munz, uh, what's the latest on the uh, Memphis basketball front? Penny Hardaway's got some scholarships to fill. Uh, do you expect some of them are gonna get filled here soon? Yes, I do. I do. Um, I, I, I mean, of course, things can change on the, at the drop of a dime. Obviously, we—it's been what uh, about a week and a half or so since all signs were pointing toward Jaden Bradley uh, committing to the Tigers and taking up uh, one of the available scholarships, and that, uh, as we sit here today, still hasn't happened. Um, that I don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't believe that ship has sailed. Um, I think that it's, you know, there's a lot to, apparently a lot to work through with that, uh, with that scenario. But yeah, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm reasonably confident though, that there will be a um, commitment to 
for for the Tigers uh, at some point this week. Didn't didn't they have a visit from the UC? I know that he came up. You reported him as a target uh, a few weeks ago, but a UCF point guard, correct? Didn't he visit this weekend or something like that? Jalen Young, yes, he uh, he did visit uh, last Wednesday and Thursday. Okay, he visited, and you know, I, like obviously, I, there's been a lot of. Um, reaction to uh, any time I, I report something about Jalen Young, you know, a lot of people groan or, uh, you know, whatever. They're like, they, they, I think people think that Jalen Young is being recruited as a starting point guard option, and I do not believe that to be the case. He's depth guy. Uh, depth guy. You, got, you have 13. 100. How many open scholarships do they have right now? They've got, so that we know they have Jaden Hardaway and um, Chandler Lawson coming back. That's two. Right. We've yep. got you've got technically JJ Taylor, um, the incoming freshman Mikey Williams' best friend. Although I, I we'll see about that. You've got Ashton Hardaway. You've got um, Carl Sharon Font. Carl Sharon Font, and then uh, let's include Mikey Williams for the sake of this conversation because Penny has we not should. said he's moving on from him yet. Um, right. So that's what five or six, right there. You're up. You're up to six now, and then you've got the four division, or not division one. You've got the four transfers. Okay, so that's um, ten. So you got three scholarships open right now. Well, if I mean that, that's depending upon what Malcolm Dandridge does. He he has not as of yet. Do you think if portal, he went to Penny and said, "I want to come back," Penny would take him back? Do you think, or here I should say this? Do you think it, that's like a lock, like it's ultimately Malcolm's call, or do you think this is going to be have to be a mutual decision ultimately? Um, I, I think it's a very complicated uh, dynamic right now with Malcolm Dandridge and the Memphis basketball program. Um, I, I've learned to never say never when it comes to anything with Malcolm Dandridge, um, and so. You know, if I if I set, if I were to believe today, uh, May first, Monday, May first, that Malcolm Dandridge was like definitely out, um, not coming back, and like honestly, you know, I think most people have seen the screenshots uh, or the screenshot that was circulating from Malcolm's own Snapchat from a few weeks ago, where he took a picture of his Memphis. Uh, uniform and said, does anybody want, you know, a jersey, uh, a Memphis jersey? Um, mm. You know, something. It could something be just an NIL move, Muns. You know, yeah, sure. But so anyway, if, if I if I thought that he was definitely not coming back, um, I, I would not, I, I would not like bank on it. I would not take that to the bank by any stretch of the imagination. Just things can change too too much um, mm-hmm. from one day to the next. And so anyway, I, I just think that because he has, has not officially entered the transfer portal, he has not officially uh, made any sort of public declaration. I think we, you know, again, till further notice, he's, he's got a scholarship. So I, you're, you're at 11. That leaves you with two open scholarships uh, as we sit here today. And that's also if uh, Jaden is on scholarship next year. I mean, you know, who, who knows, uh, he's never on, taken him off before. I don't see why he would do it his final year. 
Right. No, I, I agree with you. Um, but, you know, I guess anything's possible. But, so, yeah, so we're at 11 with Malcolm Dandridge and Clooney. All right, so this tweet uh, went out last week. It's from Trilly Donovan. He's like a college basketball Twitter follow. And I thought that was you. No, this is not me. <laughs> um, okay. I thought this was interesting. The two-time transfer rules are affecting recruitments all over the country. Guys like Musa Cisse, Quez Glover, and Efton Reed have had to pivot a few times because of eligibility concerns. How much is knowing whether or not a guy is going to be eligible in your mind right now impacting kind of how Memphis is attacking the transfer portal? I think it's I think it's a big part of it. I mean, you, you know, you, just two guys. Um, two of the three guys that were mentioned in that in that in that one tweet, Memphis has been involved with to some degree. Um, like they've they've expressed interest, and there has been apparently mutual interest. Uh, you know, interest uh, on the other side of it as well. Quez Glover being one. Um, I mean, he was. He was, you know, like he had all but set an official visit date to Memphis. And then everything just went very quiet. And I've heard that, uh, that there is legitimate um, interest with Musa Sise and Musa Sise. And, you know, like that, that, that noise started a week or two ago and has since, like, there's been no progress. It does, or at least nothing. Nothing that's been, you know, uh, that's, nothing that's trickled out. So I, I do believe that that is a very legitimate thing that's going on. Uh, the NCAA came out shortly after the season. I think it was shortly after the season ended and said, you know, like, look, no more runoff waivers, no more, like, we are going to be super, super, super um, stringent on our, uh, on how much, we, you know, how, how much leeway we give this, these, these uh, multiple time transfers. And, um, and yeah, I think it's, I think it's uh, certainly a, a much more difficult landscape to navigate, not only for Memphis, but for everybody. And, but, but including Memphis for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It, it's going to be a, uh... supposedly they're also cracking down, they being the NCA cracking down on, Guys that claim to get run off, you know what I mean. If it's mm-hmm. if it's yeah. if it's a multiple time situation, again, I think though in this day and age, if you just make a big enough stink about it, I think the NCAA might just back down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's possible. Um, well, it's that, a risk. You know, it's, it, it's certainly it, not a. It is interesting in the case of like Musa Cisse. Maybe Memphis is his best option because of all this. Because like that, you have a better case. He can like give the whole, you know. Seems hey, like his best option is yeah, staying like in I'm Oklahoma coming, State. Yeah, well, th- that's true. That's fair. Yeah, stay at Oklahoma State. But um, if he wanted to go somewhere else, coming back to Memphis, you can at least make the argument. Well, you know, um, this is my me- this is my American home. You know, even though I know he spent some time in New York too um, before he came to Memphis, and like I'm coming back to the school I was already at. Whatever. I, I don't know. Um, it'll be a. Uh, it's going to be, I think, a fascinating few weeks because I think with the draft approaching as it gets closer and closer, you're going to see more more of the, the impact guys that are remaining are going to be the guys who start shifting their focus away from the draft and to the transfer portal because they're not going to get drafted. And um, can Penny land one of those guys? 
You know, like ultimately, I think that's going to be, you know, that could be the the move, if you will, that puts this team over the top. If you can go get one, like it, it doesn't it feel like he's missing just he's missing obviously a big man, but also just one more like impactful transfer, right? Doesn't it feel that way? It does. Yeah, I mean, um, and I'm and I'm not I saying he's he, not going to get it. Like I think he, you know, I think he he's probably searching for that person, and I think there's still time to land that person. See, and that is my whole thing. Like, there, there seems the, the consternation level, uh, you know, with with how things have have shaken out so far this off season, seems to be pretty high. Um, with certain, you know, with certain fans and, and other and others, like they're 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 worried. You know, they look at the roster and those who've committed so far, and they're like, "There's no Kendrick Davis. There's no DeAndre Williams. Um, there's no big man." Um, you know, like, uh oh, uh, are we in trouble? And it's like, it's May 1st. My, my, my stance on the subject is it's May 1st. Penny has been through four full off seasons and he figures out a way to get it done every single off season. I think he's earned enough of the benefit of the doubt that, you know, until he shows that he can't get it done then I think you have to assume that he's going to get it done because he has each of the last four off seasons. Now, is he going to, I don't think he's, I don't think there is a uh, Kendrick Davis level type uh, difference maker or DeAndre Williams for that matter, who's going to walk through the door. Could be wrong. I'm not obviously don't like, that's just sort of a speculative statement, but, um, but I think you have to believe that, you know, he's brought in Caleb Mills. He's, uh, uh, you know, he's bringing in, um, you know, uh, these, these, uh, the, the T Leonard, the, the, uh, guy who's a projected second round draft pick in next year's draft. I mean, he's is that, what, is that, is that what he goes by, by the way, it's not, it's T Leonard. Like he's got like, you know, it's like T Afael or whatever, but he goes by T cause that would, yes. Oh, that's great. Yes. Um, yes. big fan of that. That's going to, that's going to save some people, isn't it? Um, so, but yeah, I, I think that he's earned the benefit of the doubt, and, uh, and and there is still time. Again, it's May 1st. It's, it's a good thing there's a lot of time left. And then since you last joined us and since, the, uh, since our last show, I believe, Memphis made official the news that Penny has added Rick Stansberry to the staff to replace uh, Frank Haith, uh, the former Western Kentucky, former Mississippi State coach, I believe it appears he was not on the recruiting trail with Memphis this weekend because Penny uh, posted on his Instagram stories. Uh, we got we got a new uh, private jet video uh, from yeah. Penny. Um, him and the staff were in Phoenix for uh, EYB the Nike EYBL event and coming home. Um, but uh, what do you make of the Stansberry hire? What do you think? He'll, what what's the uh, from what you've heard internally? What sort of was uh, why did Penny you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.